0: How are therapy dogs and service dogs different? In today's story, a trainer and her therapy dog, Wrigley, explain. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that inspire, educate, and give you hope. I want to thank my sponsor and podcast producer, The Motivated Mind Group. The effects that service animals have on those with illness, injuries, or mental health issues are incredible. Dogs in particular can be everything from a simple cuddly comforter to a life-saving partner trained to detect even the smallest change in behavior. My guest today is Alex Warren, founder of Golden Paws Foundation, where therapy dogs are trained to give calming love that
1: heals. Hi Alex, welcome to Stories of Hope. Thank you so much. I appreciate you allowing me to be here today.
0: Yes, I met you at a very big event that was not too long ago. Yes, ma'am. That dealt with mental health, which is something our society has become very aware of. Yes. At all ages. Yes. Unfortunately. Children
1: and adults. Children
0: and adults, and of different different things, and we'll talk about that, but before we do, um,
1: who is our guest today? This is Wrigley. He is one of the main therapy dogs at the Golden Paws Foundation. His birthday was actually the ninth of this month, and he just turned eight years old.
0: He's uh, pretty happy right there.
1: Yes, he's been doing this almost six years. Sleeping or doing his therapy? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually probably one of the best therapy dogs that I've worked with in the past.
0: So therapy is different than, what's the alternative? Service. Service yes, ma'am. Because I see the jacket, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have the wording on it that says, do not touch service dog. Correct. Please uh, clarify what both of those are.
1: Um, service dogs provide a service for one person, such as somebody that's maybe blind or deaf. So they may be trained to turn on the lights, open the dryer, Um, open the refrigerator door, maybe get a bottle of water and take it to the person that they're providing the service for. Service dogs can also help if you have a condition like diabetes or a heart condition. Some service dogs are trained to sense that you're getting ready to have a heart attack or that you're getting ready to have a seizure. And those dogs are trained for that task. And so, Um, Service dogs are usually trained by somebody that specializes in whatever that service is. But service dogs, I have found to be more of the ones that you can't touch because they're providing that service. So you don't want to interrupt them if they're sitting next to their owner. A lot of times if they're going to have a seizure, they'll alert their owner and the owner will lay down on the ground. So that if they start to seize, they don't fall. So service dogs are usually alerting them to something that's coming up, their blood sugar is dropping. They may tap their owner to let them know it's time to acknowledge the fact your your blood sugar's going down and you need to address the situation. Sometimes if um, they're trained as seeing-eye dogs. They may tap their owner if something's happening or tap their owner if the phone is ringing because they don't know or they can't see it. And the dog alerts them to whatever that issue is to help the person that they're providing the service for. Therapy dogs serve everyone. So they provide therapy to anyone. Um, Usually it's somebody of trauma, somebody that's sad, depressed, somebody that's having some kind of issue. So therapy dogs are trained to be pet, they're trained to be cuddled with, um, and most of them will allow you just to walk up and start petting them. There's no hesitation on the dog's part. And I like that you said hesitation
0: because when I did meet you a couple of months ago, I have been trained that there's a vest. You don't talk. You don't touch the dog. You don't go up there and say, "Oh, it's cute, and I want to touch it." So thank you for giving the difference between you can and you can't. Yes, because <laughs> I try to follow the rules, not always, but in the in the case of a, an, an animal who is. Actually helping someone I don't want to break and be disrespectful to what they're supposed to be doing.
1: Correct, and a lot of service animals are constantly working so you really can't interact with them Mm -hmm. because it breaks their concentration on what they're doing for the person that they're providing the service. But therapy dogs, they're much different. So they're made to be hugged and touched and cuddled.
0: Oh, I like the cuddles.
1: So let's dive right into
0: what part of the therapy? What therapy is Wrigley a part of?
1: Um, Wrigley works in behavioral health. He also works at the hospitals. So Wrigley works in behavioral health and has for years. Now, I specifically trained Wrigley and he works in behavioral health to where he is checked out by the hour. So I'm his handler and usually therapy dogs stay with their handler and they're walking through, you know, waiting rooms, they're walking in hospitals. Wrigley's trained to work separately from me. So when I work at a place, I put a calendar up on my wall and people will check him out by the hour. So he's not working with the same person all day long. He may be working with four or five therapists that can be working with children or adults. So when we talk about therapists,
0: that's one individual just as Wrigley is or any other animal that is doing therapy. Where do they get their relief when they're taking all that in? Do they need it?
1: Yes. I've. I believe and have trained my dogs to only work in behavioral health three days a week. They have to have the off days because, in therapy, when you're working with people of trauma, whether it's children that have been trafficked, women that have been attacked, um, adults that have suffered some kind of trauma, they're usually crying and there's a lot of emotion during the course of that treatment. And I have found that the dogs become very lethargic by the end of the week. Mm. So, I I don't believe in working them five days a week. Now, if he's working at a dentist office or he's walking around maybe an assisted living facility, that's a different kind of therapy and it's not so taxing on the dog. Well, emotions- Very much so. Are
0: very up and down. Yes. right, And they can Mm -hmm. be heavy. Yes. And so I can see why you would say one versus the other. So there has to be the mix, like like our lives. We have to have that mix. Yes. What have you seen We'll, we'll pick one specific area um, when it comes to trauma. We're okay. gonna talk about kids. Yes. Tell me more about what you have seen when it comes to kids and therapy with either Wrigley or any other golden retriever that you have.
1: Um, you know, that's my favorite part to talk about, especially with Wrigley. Um, because he's worked in behavioral health, there are children that are autistic. Some children have trauma to where they have sensory issues. And I remember one day I was walking down the hall and one of the providers had checked Wrigley out. So I walked down the hall and I just happened to observe that the little boy was on the floor laying against Wrigley and the mom was standing almost in the corner, just sobbing. So I was concerned and I went in and I said, is everything okay? And she said, my child has not touched anyone, including my husband or myself in years. Oh, wow. And he's leaning against the dog. Oh. He said, She said, I, have, I haven't seen this in years. And she said, it so touches my heart. And she was just crying. So I ended up hugging her <laughs> while Wrigley was hugging the dog because it was so emotional to see the little boy. And then when the little boy got up, he went to his mom. Then he ran back and kissed Wrigley on the head and then ran back to his mom. The therapist, all of us were in tears because the little boy hadn't touched anyone in so long, and the dog instantly communicated with the child.
0: I'm a firm believer that energies
1: are powerful. Absolutely. Now,
0: we can use the word energies, but we need to break it into two as well, because not every person is going to have the same energy. Correct. Or a dog is going to give the same energy. Correct. So when someone sees a golden retriever, or a golden doodle, or a horse, whatever the therapy animals are. Absolutely. Some would identify as, oh, that dog, but that's not the case. They have different personalities, and they're not always trained for therapy or service. Can you tell me more about that?
1: I think traditionally people look at Golden Retrievers and think instantly, they're all Mm -hmm. therapy dogs. But in every breed, there's dogs that can be trained to be therapy and dogs that aren't. I personally have four Golden Retrievers in my therapy program, and I have realized with my female she's probably not one to be a therapy dog because my male dogs are more empathetic. They almost know when something's wrong with somebody. Mm. They know when it's time to be slow. I have Wrigley's son who just turned two. His name is the magnificent Mighty Quinn, but we call him Baby Q. And he is very good around my mother who has dementia. Mm. And he can be running and playing, but the moment he sees her, he just walks up and sits down next to her. It's like he knows that he has to slow down and be cautious of her because she has dementia and her walk and her gait isn't steady and it's like he instinctively knows that. So I have found in my training that the the males tend to be more empathetic, females not as much. So not every golden is based to be a therapy dog but I I think that's true for any dog breed. You have dogs that are very trainable and some aren't. They're to play, they're to go out and to have fun. Mm -hmm. Wrigley, I knew instantly when he was younger what he was gonna do when he grew up.
0: Interesting. Now let's flip it to another difficult one. We talk about kids and we talk about energies, but then we also have a different trauma when it comes to the human being, and that's domestic violence. Tell me another story in uh, success when it came to the
1: therapy. Um, Again, Wrigley was working, and one of the therapists came to my office and said, I need Wrigley. I need him right now. And I was like, absolutely. So she just grabbed his leash and off they went. And again, this woman had been raped, Um, was sitting in the office, curled up, would not talk. No one could come near her. She was very agitated and very afraid. So the therapist opened the door and just said, can I let my therapy dog in here? Is he allowed to come in? And she she wouldn't really answer. So they unclipped his leash. Wrigley walked right over and just stood there and looked at her. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, she raised her hand up. Wrigley instinctively just slid his head under her hand. And the next thing you know... Wrigley was pretty much on her lap and she was just crying and sobbing and saying, why did this happen to me? What happened? Why am I going through this? And Wrigley never broke. He sat there like a statue leaning against her. He didn't pull away. And I think they were in that room, oh, at least an hour and a half to two hours. And Wrigley never broke. He was with her. He was instinctively comforting her. He would push up against her. He would lay his head on her lap. It was it was amazing to see Wrigley work and I would have to say that's my favorite thing to do is step back out of the situation and watch how Wrigley acts in the situation.
0: So you don't have to direct him anywhere you allow that connection or that energy that we mentioned between the Mm -hmm. individual and Wrigley or the other yes because
1: he's so instinctive and so I've really never had to correct him I've never had to tell him to slow down or to stop he instinctively knows. And that's, to me, what a true therapy dog is.
0: I met you at the Semicolon Society, which is suicide prevention. Yes, That's an organization that helps with suicide prevention. I didn't really get to talk to you much about that. You've talked about two other topics. Tell me more with the, with the suicide. How do you work with people with suicidal thoughts or maybe um, survivor
1: Actually, I worked at another place. Um, It's DMG, which is CRS down down in um, down in Phoenix. And I had another service dog at the time. His name was Jack. And I had an employee come in and say to me, "I can't do it anymore. I can't take it." And I was like, "Are we talking about work?" And she said, "No. I just can't take it anymore, Alex. I just can't. I can't do anymore. I can't do another minute." And I was like, "Okay." And just then. Jack came out from underneath my desk because my dogs always go underneath my desk during the quiet times. He came out and she said, I didn't know he was here. And I said, yes. And I said, I want you to come in and sit down on the floor with Jack and I'll be right back. So I closed the door and went and got a therapist because that's not my realm. And I don't like to ever infringe. And I went and got a therapist who then went back into my office with her and Jack and talked. And within about an hour, they all came out. She said she was fine. She wanted to go home for the rest of the day. No more suicidal thoughts. She ve- she felt very peaceful, and she said, "I'll be honest. It was Jack. That's what that's what saved my life today. Is your dog?
0: It is so easy, Alex, to get overwhelmed, on
1: anything, you know? in the daily monotony uh, of trying to get to work, trying to raise your yeah. kids." you know, meeting all your daily obligations. And I'll admit, there's times my therapy dogs help me at the end of a busy day. I have one, um, his name is Hank, the hero, and he lost his back leg. And so he, tough as can be, he can make it around, he does have a wheelchair and a wagon. But he's another one that just, he just wants to be there. He wants to be in the moment. He's always happy. And It's shocking to me how much they give to us for what little we give to them. They absorb a lot. Yes. And yet they still wanna play. Exactly, and that's much like Wrigley, he very much He plays, but Wrigley has always been quite reserved. So even when he's playing, he's more kind of watching everybody and kind of seeing what they're doing. And he kind of watches over my other therapy dogs. But he is very passive and very quiet. As you can see, (laughs) this is the true Wrigley right here. (laughs) Wrigley. (gasps) Hi, buddy. There we go. There you go, oh,
0: you. and he's got a red tie on. That's even
1: better. Yes, he wanted to dress up for the occasion. <laughs> I love it, all for me. I love it. And our Jill producer. Yes. What
0: other therapies? We've already talked about three. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different things that people mm-hmm. need therapy on. What else have I not discussed that you want to share?
1: You know, I think, especially for therapy dogs, it's it's what they do that we don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have a friend who has a therapy dog and he works with his son who is autistic. And he, his son gets through the day with his dog. His son felt isolated at school because he was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but once his dog went, it was like everybody wanted to be his best friend. And there were times that he would get active and wanna run out to the street and the dog would run in front of him and kind of almost move him back and forth to get him back up to the front door. So I've always believed that there's something in a true therapy dog and it's almost like they know that that person needs them and that that's what they need to do is help them or save them. And I can't even tell you the countless times that I've seen Wrigley do things and I'll get home and say to someone, you will never believe what Wrigley did today. It was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. And he works at Valleywise and he works on the children's ward. Um, He goes through the entire hospital. So the nurses, the doctors, everybody comes out and takes pictures, but he carries a backpack with toys. Oh, So he likes to pass out toys. And so my foundation buys the toys, the Golden Paws Foundation. Whenever we get enough donations, we buy extra toys and we put them in his backpack and he will go up to a bed with a child that's maybe broke its arm or doesn't feel good. And they'll start petting him and then we'll let them pick a toy. Out of either his backpack or i carry the bigger backpack <laughs> and it's full of toys and we let the child pick a toy and it has his picture on the back so that when they get home they remember their visit and that special dog that made them feel better that day that they were having a hard time at the hospital i think we
0: do that in life anyways whether we've lost a loved one or something happened to us there was a significance in something or a significant moment feeling in something yes that brings us back to that moment of peace Absolutely. Or that moment of a memory, whatever that memory is that would keep us um, in the moment where we forget to do is everyone's always like thinking about tomorrow and forgetting about what we're doing today.
1: Absolutely. And I
0: love that you have that because that is a part that, like you said, it was their worst day, or they're not having a good day. Absolutely. But they brought something that said, Oh, yeah, I remember how I felt that day and bring you back to that.
1: Absolutely. And I like to ask people, you know, if they have their iPhone or their phone with them and I like to take a picture of them with Wrigley so that they can circle back around later after they're discharged or during a bad day and have a picture of the big red dog because that's what they call him with his red tie on (laughs) and so I think sometimes I try to always think as much when I'm doing it and be aware of what's going on to help Wrigley do his best um and I'm, I would have to say I'm proud of Wrigley and I'm proud of the accomplishments that he's done for the Golden Paws Foundation. And
0: I love hearing that. So now I'm actually going to switch gears on you. What is the worst case scenario that you had to work with or work through or uh, Wrigley had to work through?
1: I would have to say I was at um, Jewish Family and Children's Services. It was their MRZ location. And the director ran in and said, Alex, I have to have Wrigley. I said, absolutely, so off they went. So I could hear a lot of commotion and I was concerned for Wrigley's safety at right, times. Absolutely. And I went around the corner and there were glass doors that you could see through. And there was a little girl in trauma and she was running around banging the walls, banging her head in a total trauma situation. And the mother was begging her to stop and pleading with her to stop. And the therapist was stepping back because she was swinging her arms. And we just opened the door, unclipped Wrigley. Wrigley just walked in there and just stood there and looked at this little girl. And you could see her out of the corner of her eye kind of like, what's going on? And within, I will bet you, a minute and a half, she was no longer hitting her head. She was no longer waving her arms. She was just standing there looking at Wrigley. And the mother and the therapist said, if you stop and you sit down, we will keep this dog in here for the entire hour. And Not only did she stop, she immediately sat down in the middle of the room, and Wrigley walked right over to her with no hesitation. He wasn't afraid when she was in her trauma situation. He just stood there very stoic, like, we're going to get through this. I'm here with you. We're going to get through this. And sure enough, like I said, within seconds, she was calm, sat down. They did the whole treatment hour with her, did her treatment plan. She clipped the leash on. I let her walk Wrigley out. Um, To where her car was. She took pictures with him, hugged him and kissed him, and then back into the office and to the next patient.
0: There's something that's comforting and yet powerful at the same time that says, I got you. We can speak those words and say, I am sitting here for you and I'm not going anywhere. Nope. But we have a An animal, and we could say equine, but today we'll have Wrigley, that doesn't say anything and just sits there with the power of the energy and the cute little eyes.
1: And the red tie. (laughs) And the red tie that says,
0: I'm going to sit here with you, and I'm not going anywhere.
1: And I think that's the most amazing thing about Wrigley, because he doesn't move. He's not up. He's not tapping his feet or moving around or trying to get in a more comfortable position. When Wrigley's working, He's spot on. He stays with the person. He doesn't try to pull away from them. He stays right on. Now, the moment you take his vest off, he knows I'm free. I'm free. It's playtime. I can play with (laughs) my son. I can play with the other dogs. But the moment you put
0: on that vest, it's work time. It's all business. So let's go into that part of it the therapy training part of it. Because you mentioned early on about checking out. So the first thing I thought is a library book, checking him out. Similar to that, yes. Okay. So. Do you have any say over the checking out part?
1: Yes, because I worked at the MRZ location when I was allowing him to do that. And at first I would go watch, but the one thing that I had learned is you can't have a handler attached to a dog go in to talk to a woman that's just been raped because she doesn't want that other person there. So. I worked with Wrigley to go into therapist's office when there was no one in there and he would go in and just sit and he would go in and lay. Then we started with the first person where he went in without me and he would sit and he would stay. And we did it over a period of time. So Wrigley learned that you're not with me, you're with a therapist and you're in the office. And this is what you do now he also plays games with kids he's played uno with kids before um, i had one little boy tell me that your dog beat me in uno today and i'm like uh-oh how'd that happen i'm envisioning
0: him with his paws up in his car yeah, he has
1: all the cards in front of him and you know here's the deck and here's the little boy um but it took training and i feel that as a good trainer, you train constantly. It's not for this short period of time. You train for a lifetime, yes. Um, because there might be a task that they want you to do, and I'm willing to train on that task mm-hmm. if it improves the clinical outcome of a child or an adult. How young do you start training? I think you should start training any dog at eight weeks oh, to sit from stay, beginning. Stay walk on a leash. But what about the therapy part? Um, I think you really can't train them for therapy until they're probably 10 months to 12 months because it's a process. Um, I work with the American Kennel Club, which is the AKC. So all of my dogs train for the um, AKC star puppy. Then you do a CGC, a CGCA, then a therapy dog. So there's certain levels you have to go to to get your therapy certificate. And the great thing about the AKC is, after that, the the visits that you accumulate raises your dog's therapy status. And so Wrigley is almost to the supreme therapy dog status at the AKC. He's gotten so many certificates for all the levels of work that he's done. I would say, and I'd have to look at my book, but he's probably at 900 hours. Wow. Yes, of working with therapy, whether it's at MRZ, whether it's at Valleywise. Um, He's worked at Canyon Winds. So there's a lot of different places that he's worked. And each time he works, he accumulates a visit or he accumulates hours that allows him to get a different level of of certificate. And I'm proud of Wrigley because he's almost to the supreme therapy dog for the AKC, so. (laughs) Tell us what the mission is for Golden Paws Foundation. My mission is to be honest, to be helpful and to be supportive of people in need and it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, it just matters that you need help and that's what I consider my big mission is not to be judgmental but to be supportive. We are always looking for donations, the donations by the toys that we pass out, the donations help support the therapy animals and support training. We originally started with Wrigley and now I have four. So it also helps us support the fact we may wanna get other therapy dogs and train them and put them in the foundation. As I said, I believe in what they do and I wanna be able to get out and help as many people as I possibly can. And the service area that you reach? Wrigley, well, we go everywhere. So we will go to assisted living facilities, hospitals, um, behavioral health agencies. I'm working with someone now to get him in schools. Um, They feel like kids are having a hard time in school, and there's a lot of trauma that kids bring to school. So I have a woman that I'm meeting with that would like to get him into elementary schools. So I feel like my mission is, until I'm not here anymore, is to help support people via therapy dogs.
0: I wanna reiterate, since we have given the difference between the two and the vest. Yes, ma'am. Because I got caught off guard when I first met you, as I'd mentioned. Anyone who is either seeing this or hearing this, please be considerate about the animal's job task when you see their jacket. Don't just go up to them and assume that you can actually go and pet the dog.
1: Yes, ma'am. Because, like I said, for service dogs, they generally will not allow you to pet them. Some of the vests, come; they come with a sticker that says, do not pet. Um, I used to have one that said, please pet me. I have changed vests. Um, My vests are special made for me now by a gentleman. He special makes them because then that way I can put on certain patches. Um, They're easier to handle versus one that you can buy, so to say, online. But I respect the fact that you are conscientious about that because I think it's important that you don't wanna break a concentration of a dog who may just be getting ready to alert the owner, they're getting ready to have a seizure. So I think it's respectful that you do that and I would ask everyone to do that. A lot of therapy dogs don't wear vests, but because Wrigley works in so many hospital settings, so many behavioral health settings, I feel it's important that he has that vest versus just a collar that says therapy or somebody with them going, well, he's a therapy dog.
0: I like that you actually mentioned the online vests because we know there are people for whatever reason, yes, ma'am. want to purchase a vest for their pet. When their pet, their dog, or and I say pet because mm-hmm. there's other types of therapy. Animals, emotional support animals. Emotional support. I had one, but I didn't have a vest on her because I didn't feel that that was fair. Um, she was my support dog. But there are individuals out there putting a vest on an animal that I don't think should be done, but it gets done. So recognize the vest And the task and the type of dog and what they're supposed to be doing, not just because it's a vest.
1: I agree, because I do think some people are abusing that factor. And it makes it harder on us, who have spent hours and hours training our therapy dogs or training our service dogs. And there's times where people in businesses will stop you and say, what kind of service does this dog provide? Are they a service animal? And I feel like part of that is because of the abuse. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that you are very conscientious. And I would ask everyone to be conscientious of that. of who they're walking up to and what what type of animal it is and what service they're providing. What is your greatest reward in doing this? When I see mothers crying because their child hasn't touched anyone or I see a woman who can talk now who's been attacked. Um, Wrigley's really good with children that have been trafficked, which is sad to talk about, but he's very good with those children. And I think my biggest reward is knowing the hearts that Wrigley's touched And the people that he has made feel better and feel more positive about themselves. We could all use that. Yes, ma'am. We sure could. And the cuddles. Yes. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
0: Thank you, Alex, for sharing what the difference is between therapy and service, allowing Wrigley to take a nap. (laughs) Oh, he's up. (laughs) I appreciate both of you being here today. This inspiring story was brought to you by MMG, your global creative agency based right here in downtown
1: Chandler.